We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above only. I'm not beneath. I'm blessed and cannot be cursed. I shall live and not die and declare the salvation of the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My life is getting better after I've heard and done the word of the Lord. Amen, amen. This morning, we have Sister Victoria Brown, who is going to bring us the word, the word, the word. Amen. Somebody say the word. The word. The word. Amen. 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 How many of y'all are glad to be here this morning? You can turn in your Bibles to James 1 and 26, James 1 and 26, and Luke 6 and 45, Luke 6 and 45. And uh, wherever we go, whether we are at work, whether we are in at home or in the neighborhood, God, that we could live what we learn, God, because the confession of faith says that our lives are getting better after we've heard and done the word of the Lord. So, Father, we ask that you give us the courage to hear and the courage to do what we learn on today. And it is in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for this opportunity on this morning and um, the subject for today is the power of words the power of words and our two foundation scriptures are James 1 26 and Luke 6 and 45 I will be reading from the easy to read version of the Bible because sometimes I need to get to the basics so I can know what, what we talking about so I'm gonna read from the easy to read version so that I can understand what the Lord is trying to say to us on today so James 1 26 from the easy to read version of the Bible sounds like this it says you might think you are a very religious person but if your tongue is out of control you are fooling yourself. Your careless talk makes your offerings to God worthless. Somebody say, my careless talk makes my offerings to God worthless. How'd it make you feel right there? <laughs> Luke 6 and 45 from the easy to read version of the Bible says, good people have good things saved in their hearts. That's why they say good things. But those who are evil have hearts full of evil. And that's why they say evil things. What people say with their mouths comes from what fills up their hearts. What people say with their mouths comes from the root cause. The reason you say the things that you say is because your heart is filled with the things that you say. My, my, my. Y'all can have a seat and we're going to get into this. Because see, sometimes we think we are saying things because people made us mad or people did this, that, and the other. But the word of God says what you say, and I'm paraphrasing, is a reflection of your heart. The full parts of your heart, not just the little piece of your heart, the abundance. Another, ver another version of the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart. What's mostly in your heart is what comes out of your mouth. So you may think that you are talking about me, but you, what you are really doing is reflecting who you are. 
I want y'all to think about that. I want y'all to think about too, if I were to tell you, which I don't know if it's true or not because I didn't count myself, but I read and I learned that most people, the average person uses between 25,000 and 40,000 words every day. Not every week, every day. So now, <laughs> I want you to take, let's go with 30,000. It's, it's a good number up in the middle. Let's go with 30, 35,000 a day, 365 days a year, times the number of years you've been alive. You done said a lot of stuff. Y'all remember those who, who, who really know music, y'all gonna know, I, I forgot who it was, but there was this rap group out there say, you talk too much. Homeboy, you never shut up. You talk about this and you talk about that. Run DMC, run DMC, you talk too much. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the word of God says where people talk a lot, lies and evil stuff soon to follow. <laughs> you, you, you ain't that interesting that you have that much to talk about. You ain't that interesting. So when you think about how many words you personally, because we know that the word of God is a mirror. We like to turn it and point our fingers at somebody else, but it's a mirror for us to take a look at ourselves. So when you do the math, when you do the math over your lifetime, how many words have you spoken in your lifetime? And each one of those words, every one of those words brings an opportunity to heal or to hurt, to say the right thing or to say the wrong thing, to encourage or to discourage, to exhort or build up somebody or to tear them down each and every word 40,000 times a day. You have an opportunity to do what is right or do what is wrong. And let me ask you this question. How many of y'all done talk too much? It got you in trouble. Have your words ever snared you? Have your words ever gotten you in trouble? Have you ever been talking about somebody and they sneaked up on you and heard you in the middle of it? Have you ever? Have you ever? We've all been there. We've all been there. And sometimes we do it so much that we become desensitized that we're doing it. It's just the way that it is. It's just who we are. But the word of God is saying something different today. The word of God is saying there is no such thing as just words. No such thing as just words. Whether you are saying them to yourself or whether you are saying them to somebody else, whether you are saying them about yourself or whether you are saying them about somebody else, there is no such thing as just words. Words matter. Words matter. How you say it matters. And sometimes people say, it's not what you're saying, it's your tone. No, it's what you're saying and your tone. It's what you're saying and your tone. And the attitude, right? And we grew up, some of us, I don't know about all of us, but I know probably all of us in here have heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But we have lived this life long enough now to know that sticks and stones may break your bones and words may break the person. We've lived long enough to know that. We know people that are walking around broken right now because somebody, something that somebody has said, somebody that can't even, people that can't even get past where they are in life because they keep hearing what their mama said or their daddy said or their teacher said. They keep hearing it and they have a hard time even now in adulthood believing that they are not those things that were said to them. We've heard it. I'm going to ask you this question. You don't have to say it in this form, but you do have to think about it. How many of you now have memories of words that somebody's spoken to you in a bad way? Somebody said something to you that was hurtful and harmful. How many of you have memories like that? You can stick your hand up if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, and here we are, adults, 
and we can still remember those words. I can still remember even the places that somebody said something to me and what they said to me. I can still remember that. And here is the horror. Here is the horror of it. When you recall those feelings, when you recall how it made you feel, when you recall that it made you get stuck somewhere that you can't get past. Now I want you to think about that somebody has that memory about you. Somebody has that memory about me. See, we can forget the harm that we've done to others. But we can't forget the harm that somebody did to us. I mean, that we've done to somebody. But they remember. They have the feelings just like you do. They see it in their mind just like you do. They might not remember the specific date, but they remember the around about what age, around about what year. They remember just like you do. Why? Because words matter. If you don't leave with anything else today, I want you to leave with the fact that words matter. And here is how much they matter. If you say them about me and I never hear them, the ears of God heard them and you still put it out there. You still put it out there. So I'm the least of the persons that you have to be worried about. I'm the least one. I'm the least one. I don't, let me stay on track. Let me stay on track. So I have, our words have power. That's why the Bible gives us so much guidance and so much instruction about our communication. I read on the internet, and I want y'all to hear this, because when we think about all the things that we talk about in the church, when we th think about the sins that we talk about in the church, when we talk about how God sent Jesus Christ to save us, and when we talk about money, we talk about all the things that God uh, says in the Bible. I read on the internet that the Bible talks about the tongue 150 times. It talks about talking 125 times. It uses the word speech 40 times. It uses speaking 480 times. It talks about the use of your lips 125 times. It talks about how you use your mouth 322 times. And it mentions the use of words 1,000 times. And so when you add all of that up, over 2,500 times, the Bible gives you guidance on how to use your words, on how to speak. to uh, Now, when you were growing up in the church, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> how many times the mothers and the pastors and the missionaries of the church told you what you say is important, but you knew you shouldn't fornicate? right <laughs> you knew you shouldn't steal right I guarantee you talking about stealing ain't in the Bible 2,500 times talking about fornicating ain't in the Bible 2,500 times talk about abortion and homosexuality it ain't in the Bible 2,500 times but we get riled up about all this stuff and then we turn around and say whatever we want to say 2,500 times. So I would say that it's pretty important, right? I would say that we need to think about it. I would say that we need to consider our own selves. Not what somebody else said, but what we said, what we did. And when the Lord started dealing with me on this, y'all know. <laughs> I was like, woo we. <laughs> I'm better with my mouth now. I'm not even perfect with my mouth now. I said I'm better with my mouth now. But how many of y'all know I have lived over half of my life? So how many words have I put out there? How many times have I hurt somebody? 
I know how many times somebody hurt me. How many times have I hurt somebody? How many memories do people walk around about something that I said? We get caught up about what people do, and we'll talk. We'll see what James said about that. We'll talk about that because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get real up in here today because we do what I call major in the minor, and we minor in the major. Even right now, if you are honest with yourself, you'll say, I never knew that talking crazy to or about somebody was that serious to God. That's why we so quick to clap back. That's why we so quick to participate in gossip. That's why we so quick to tear down people's reputations with our words because we never really, it never really seared our conscience how distasteful it is to God. My prayer today is that, because some of that stuff, y'all, I'm just going to be honest with you. When I grew up in the church, the worst thing you could do was have sex without being married. Second worst thing was to have to get a divorce. Third worst thing was to get an abortion. Fourth worst thing was to be a homosexual. Not in the top 10. Did anybody ever tell me, you shouldn't be talking about people. Didn't even make the top 10. You shouldn't participate in gossip. I was almost 30 years old before I started telling people, I'm not your trash can. Don't bring that stuff to me. And some of us, and even after I made that statement, I still have allowed people to bring trash to me. But I'm not, don't bring trash to me. If you're not building people up, take it somewhere else. And I hope after the day that you won't even, you, you won't even be the trash person that's taking it. Because if I were to ask you right now, and let's just go and be honest, all of us can find something to talk about each other about. How do I have time to talk about somebody else when my stuff is tore up from the floor up? But we do it. But we do it. We can't even get our own lives together because we're so busy talking about somebody else. I hope after today that talking about talking negatively about people becomes just as distasteful to you as it is to God. God created the people that you're talking about. He, out of his own mind and design, created them. And then you're going to say how ugly or big or out of shape or something. You, you, you. They didn't say I'm going to look like this. God said. I'm going to look like this. And if it's not your preference, keep your mouth closed. Because it is somebody's preference. It is somebody's preference. So let's turn over to James. We already read 126, but I want to go back to James, and I want to stay there for a minute. James, and I don't, I don't know if y'all realize this, but James was Jesus' brother. So think about your brother. Think about your sister growing up in the house with them. You know the things that are important to them. You know what they say. You know how they feel about stuff. This is Jesus's brother talking, and he wrote about the role of the tongue in our lives. And he also said it's a reflection of our relationship with Jesus and a reflection of our heart. So let's go back to James 1 and 26. James said, if you think you are a very religious person, this is the easy to read version. If you think you saved, if you think you all that, if you think you've been running with Jesus a long time, <laughs> and you deserve the title of the pastor or the missionary or the bishop because you do this well, James said, if you are that person, that one, that one if you are that person and if your tongue is out of control you ain't all that that's what he said you ain't all that you got work to do he ain't talking to the people that just came to Christ and know that they got work to do he talking about y'all that been running a long time 
be talking about y'all that turn your nose up because you can't believe she came in here with that short skirt on. He talking about the very religious amongst you. The ones that dress right. Come to church all the time. Don't miss Bible study prayer. He talking about you. And then you turn around. <laughs> Did you hear how Sister Vicky was singing this morning? She should have just not sang at all. He talking about you. <laughs> he talking about you. If your tongue is out of control, and, and this going to mess you up because all of those mornings, somebody was talking to me the other day. They say, Faith Temple have more church than anybody. <laughs> I say, we got to. <laughs> we got to. I, I say, imagine if I wasn't going to prayer six days a week and Bible study twice a week. Imagine if I wasn't going on Sunday. And I have to. So Faith Temple has church six days Seven days a week. Seven days a week and twice on some days. Because we got small, small Bible study throughout the week. And we got big Bible study on Thursdays. Faith Temple go to church seven days a week we gather. Seven to early. Early morning. Bringing our best sacrifices to the Lord. So, <laughs> seven days a week, early. You know, they tell us to get up early, get a Lord the best part of your day. James is saying you can do that. I just told Brother Steve, he and I were talking about how every morning we get up early, have to. Prayer start at 7 o'clock at Faith Temple. We on the 6 o'clock prayer line. He got to drive an hour to get here on Sunday morning, so he leaving 7. So if he leave at 7, he got to get up at 6. Every day, seven days a week, get up. And James said, when you hang up that phone, and you call Sister Anita. And you say, girl, what was that Trisha was praying about this morning? <laughs> what? <laughs> he say, all that, all that sacrifice and offering you did all week long don't mean nothing. You may as well stayed in the bed and got up at 9 a.m. And not prayed at all. Now, this is Jesus' brother. So you think about the times you done laid up in the room with your sister and brother, and y'all just talking about the stuff that matters to you. James knows that this matters to the father. He grew up talking to him. <laughs> he not making this up. And some of y'all keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it because why? We have become desensitized to the power. We will actually quote the scripture, life and death are in the power of the tongue and we'll turn around in the next five minutes and speak death. And we don't even make the connection. We don't even make the connection. I want to put it to you like that, this. James 1 and 26 says that your mouth can nullify your relationship with God. Your mouth can nullify. And I'm talking to the married people too because see I know how y'all are. Y'all live because y'all married talking about other people. He hear y'all too because you got a party you think going to keep it secret. He hear y'all. He and y'all too. You can't talk about me, Linda, with Oscar, cause Oscar your secret part. You can't do that. He hear you too. He hear you behind closed doors. <laughs> so we already know. We already know that words can destroy human relationships, and James is saying it could also destroy your relationship with God. That's how, that's how powerful your words are. Let's go over to James 3. We're going to keep talking about this because there's also some good news. We've been talking about the negative stuff because that's what we need to work on, right? But then when we go to James 3, and I'm going to keep reading from the easy-to-read version of the Bible, James says in 3 and verse 2, this blew me away. 
This blew me away. I'm going to tell you the truth. In James 3 and 2, from the easy to read version of the Bible, it says, we all make many mistakes. Somebody say many mistakes. We all do it. We all make many mistakes. A person who never said anything wrong would be perfect. Someone like that would be able to control their whole body too. Why is that important? Because James basically saying, even if you messing up in every other way, even if you had an abortion, even if you done slept around, even if you had an affair, if you control your mouth, you could be perfect. That's what he said. I didn't say it. It's right there before you. Control your mouth and you can be perfect. Some versions of the Bible say if you are never at fault with what you say, you are perfect. Now, how powerful is that? Because all our lives, we've been taught to get caught up on the behavior of a man and let the other stuff go. They're just struggling. That's just who they are. You know why? You know why? I know why. Because controlling the tongue is hard. Before we get out of this church this morning, you're going to want to say something. <laughs> you're going to want to. You probably want to say something now. Wanda probably want to say, I'd be glad when she get through and sit down. <laughs> You're going to want to say something before we leave here today. You don't have to. You don't have to, but you're going to want to. We're going to get to that too. But James says that if we can master the tongue, we can master anything. And I'm going to say to you right now that I know that this is much easier said than done. So let's keep looking at what he says. In James 3 and 3, he says, we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us. With these bits, we can control their whole body. How many of y'all ever rode a horse? Y'all know that look. And I, I, I've ridden a whole horse too. That thing, what is it? That you hold while you ride? A bridle. You don't have to do but little movements to get that horse to do what you want. Because that bit is in his jaw. And he's trying to escape the pain. You want him to turn right? Pull it a little bit right. And some people are so nervous when they ride the horse, they about to tear the horse cheek off because they don't understand. They scared. They pulling the horse. You ain't got to do all that. James said that you can control a horse's whole body with that lippity bit in his mouth. How many of y'all ever been on a cruise ship? James say some of these cruise ships, they got multiple restaurants, right? Yeah. Thousands of people, right? Many rooms, right? All kind of stuff. Some of them like little cities. Some of them are like little cities, these cruise ships. It's a little old thing in the back called a rudder. A fraction of the size of the whole ship. And James says, it's the same with ships. A ship is very big and is pushed by strong winds, but a very small rudder controls the ship. And the one who controls the rudder decides where the ship will go. It is the same With our tongue. It is a small part of the body, but it can boast about doing great things. So we're not just talking about talking about people. We're talking about us with egos. We're talking about those of us who like to flatter ourselves and build ourselves up, especially if we're doing it at the expense of other people. Then James goes on to say a big forest fire can be started with only a little flame. Have y'all ever ridden through California where the woods have burned down or I've been in Wyoming, forest just dropped, somebody just walked through, maybe dropped a cigarette or walked through and threw a match or <laughs> something like that. A lot of times these, I know y'all seen them, even if you haven't seen them up close and personal, you've seen them on the news where these firefighters trying to pull out these wildfires. It happens every summer. 
in California, the woods are just burned down. James says it just takes a little spark. You don't have to go through there with a flame thrower, throwing flames all over the place. It's just a little spark. And these wildfires fires can burn for days and months because somebody got careless at a campfire or whatever it is. Then James says, the tongue is like a fire. It's like that little spark. It's a world of evil among our parts of our body. It spreads its evil through our whole body and starts a fire that influences all of our lives. Your tongue, it says, influences your whole life. It gets this fire from hell. James is saying some of the things that have rolled out in your life, some of the things that are playing out in your life, some of the places that you find yourself in life is because of your tongue. Because you said it. You either said it over yourself or you said the wrong thing to somebody. You just couldn't help yourself. It says in James that this tongue influences your whole life. And I've been walking around all this time mad at Trisha because I thought that I am where I am because Trisha didn't give me the promotion. <laughs> your tongue influences your whole life. Y'all need to understand the power. Sometimes before you reach that place in time, those words that you spoke, I ain't, they ain't going to never get that to me because I ain't. I ain't going to never. You spoke it. Then when, the, when they didn't give it to you, you got mad at them. But you spoke it. You said it. You could have just as easily chosen to say, yeah, I'm going to be the CEO. It doesn't matter that I don't have a high school diploma. I got favor. God can do whatever he wants to. You could have said that. But you started looking at all that you were not and you said something else. And now you're frustrated at somebody else. Because you didn't get what you said you wasn't going to get in the first place. They just stepped into agreement with you. That's all. So why are you mad at them? James says it influences your whole life. So when you go into James, if I could summarize it right quick, it says the tongue is a small part of the body, but it can and does cause all kinds of problems in your life. It is uncontrollably dangerous. It is uncontrollably dangerous. It can and does destroy lives, reputations, families, and futures. Your tongue, yours, mine. It destroys all of that stuff, just like a wildflower fire that's just taken over. The, James says no man can tame it. And then when we go down, let's, let's go down to 9 and 10 because this is going to mess you up because you know it's true. James 9 and 10 says we use our tongues to praise our Lord and Father, but then we curse people who were created in God's likeness. Then we curse people who were created in God's likeness. James, to summarize that up, is saying the tongue is inconsistent. And you think you are okay because we march around and we say every praise is to our God. Every word of worship. And we could be, this is how messed up and inconsistent we are. We could be marching around, singing a song, and, go, and saying, what kind of shoes is that Vicky got on? Marching in, that's how crazy we are. That's how inconsistent it is. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. And James, James, it's not new. It's not new. James said the tongue is inconsistent. You can praise God and cuss out the people he loved. Cuss out the ones he created in his likeness and image. Cuss out the ones that he breathed the breath of life into. And then you'll walk away and justify because Nita shouldn't. You didn't cuss out Nita because of what she did. You cussed out Nita, why? Because of the abundance of your heart. It's in your heart to cuss out Nita. So you need a heart transplant. You need a heart transplant. You need God to change your whole heart so that even when Nita keeps being human or when Trisha does something that's incredibly human, it is no longer a part of you to cuss them out. Everybody ain't cussing out people because they made a mistake. 
Everybody don't do that, so what's the difference? The quality of the heart. And y'all probably heard me tell this story before. Somebody bumped into somebody and they wasted their coffee. Somebody else say, why'd you waste your coffee? They say, because they bumped into me. And the person said, ain't why you wasted coffee. You wasted that coffee because that's what was in the cup. If it had been water, you'd have wasted water. Had it been tea, you would have wasted tea. Had it been lemonade, you would have wasted lemonade. You cussed because that's what's in your heart. That's what's in your cup. That's what's in your cup. <laughs> so stop blaming me when your mouth tell me what's in your cup. <laughs> I just bumped into you. I was just being human. And people with love in their cup would have said, Sister Vicky, you okay? Everything okay? <laughs> but people with cussing in their cup go to cussing. People with gossip in their cup go say, did you see Sister Vicky bumping to me? She knows she didn't have to bump into me. What? <laughs> and then we make up a whole story and run off with it that nobody ever asked me. Why are you bumping to me? Never ask. We, we do that all the time. And people, when people ask me, what do you think she thought, what she meant when she said that? I said, that question doesn't even make sense to me. I can tell you what I would have meant had I said that. <laughs> I don't know what Brother Steve meant when he said that. Would you like to ask him? That's how I am. That's not how a lot of people are. A lot of people start trying to tell me what she meant because I asked the question. But what you are really doing is reflecting who you are. That's what you would have meant. Why don't you just ask them? Maybe I lost my balance. Maybe I deal with vertigo. And in that moment, the room was swirling for me and I fell over and bumped into you. Maybe it wasn't malicious. Maybe it wasn't because I wore shoes that I knew I couldn't walk in in the first place. Maybe none of that was true. <laughs> Just ask the question. Give people the space to be human. But you need a heart transplant for that. So then, what should we do? What should we do? I'm not going to tell you what we do. We know we do it. And I know that y'all know this true. I'm not making it up. And James Show didn't lie. <laughs> so we need to repent. We need to repent. And if you know, if we are speaking right now, and you know one or two things, and one is harder than the other, okay? If we speaking and as we sit here, you know that you have hurt somebody with words. The Lord bring it to you while we talking. Go apologize. And here's the harder part. If you are sitting here and you know somebody hurt you, you know somebody hurt you, go to them and say, you hurt me. We don't like to do that because we don't like to be vulnerable. We'd rather walk around hurt and mad and all this kind of stuff instead of saying, you know what, I was really hurt when you said that. I was really hurt when I heard that you said that. We would rather be mad. We would rather keep setting flames than to go and give somebody a chance to apologize. I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe that most people get up in the morning with good intention. I don't think people roll out of the bed and say, I'm going to see if I can hurt Wanda today. I don't think people roll out of the bed saying, I'm going to see if I can make Trisha mad today. They just trying to get through life like you, like me. And in so doing, sometimes I might hurt you. Sometimes I might say something out of, the, out of line. I didn't, that wasn't my intention. But how many of you know people can be hurt even though you didn't intend to? So if you know, if you get a conviction one way or the other, you know you hurt somebody or somebody hurt you, reconcile. 
repent, apologize, reconcile. Stop being insensitive about the things that you say. The things that you say. Careless and sinful speech is not becoming of the children of God. I've said it. Careless and sinless, sinful speech is not becoming of the children of God. We cannot keep making victims just because we like to gossip. Just because we like to clap back. We cannot keep making victims. How you speak and what you say needs to be understood from the viewpoint of God. Words matter. Words matter. And at the end of this day, in a few minutes, we're going to have an opportunity whether you want to come to the altar or whether you want to do it, raise your hand, stand up at your seat, whatever. But we are going to openly confess that we have hurt somebody in here or out there somewhere using careless words and we need to be repentant before God. We need to say, if I've never understood my words before. I understand it today and it's ugly and it's disgusting and it's distasteful to the father and the things that upset him, I want them to upset me. If they don't upset you, I want them to upset you. I want them to upset me. Because we could do stuff so long that it doesn't upset us anymore. That's human. Nina and I done studied drug abuse. Sister Rollins done studied drug abuse. That cocaine hit that used to get you so high you can become desensitized to it and you need more. That's what we do. So it ought not be odd to you that you desensitize the stuff that you kept doping yourself up with. You desensitize now. Confess it. I didn't understand it. And then after we repent and we confess, there's some work that we need to do. Every day, all day long, you need to pray and say, Lord, help me with my mouth. Every day, all day long, until your heart is transformed, where you no longer want to say anything negative about people. You only want to speak words that heal, until you no longer want to speak words that hurt. Every day, you need to say, Lord, help me with my mouth. And then then you need to take a minute to pray before you speak. It ain't got to be no long drown out our father, uh, father come down. It just got to be Lord help me. I struggle with the way that I say things. Just say help me. Take and then and then and then take a second. Be slow to speak the word. Say be slow to speak. One second. If you get a Holy Spirit, one second. If you give him two seconds, he'll tell you. Don't say that. Now, if I were to ask you and you were to be honest, how many of y'all the Holy Spirit said, "Don't say that," and you said it anyway? I know you know how to hear him. I know that he's speaking to you because he is God, and he's not telling me, "Vicky, don't say it," and not telling you wonder don't say it not telling you Steve don't say it. that's how he works but if you take a second he'll tell you don't say that don't say that but then here's how we are sometimes we don't want to be punk y'all know how we are you're not getting over on me why not why not what what is it gonna hurt you if somebody say something and you just say you know what listen <laughs> this is what I have to do I have to practice when I'm out of the heat of the moment. I have to practice. Okay, the next time that happens, I'm going to do this. I'm, next time that happens, I'm going to have, because I'm going to tell the truth about me. I have to realign this flesh. I have to be like Paul and beat it back daily because it'll take over and do what it want to do. So I have to practice. The next time Nosa approached me like that, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say this instead. I had to learn how to say, help me to understand. Instead of you crazy, <laughs> that ain't going down like that. That's, that's what I really want to say. That ain't going down like that, but I had to help, help me to understand what you're talking about. Help me to understand what that looks like. And guess what I learned? Sometimes <laughs> there is some logic to why people doing and saying these things. But you will never learn that if your first response is, oh, that ain't going down like that. You ain't going to talk to me like that. I had to learn to say, help me to understand what you're talking about. 
And I didn't learn that in the heat of the moment. I learned that in reflection. Say, okay, I don't want to be like that no more. How do I, what do I do? So sometimes when you sit and you reflect and you say, Lord, I know that didn't please you. What can I do different? Because it's coming again. And people say, when you fail the test, it's going to keep coming till you pass it. Guess what? That's, that's cute. That's cute. It's going to keep coming long as you breathe and whether you pass the test or not. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that you grow from it. It, it ain't irritating you. Y'all know people, stuff when you learn how to deal stuff, that stuff don't stop just because you learn how to deal with it. It's still coming. But learn how to deal with it because we got to get past this. And let me know, I'm, I'm going to get through in a minute. Y'all know how I know y'all know how to speak slowly? Because when, when your paycheck on the line, <laughs> you don't talk to them people like you talk to me. <laughs> so I know it's in you. <laughs> I know it's in you. If you, you, you got a light bill due and they irritating you on the job, you know how to hold your tongue. So I know it's in you. You ain't got to talk back about everything. I know it's in you. So there's this acronym. If you're taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down. This acronym I saw says, think before you speak. Think. T is, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? And if what you're getting ready to say don't match that, it's better to be silent. It's better to be silent. So is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And I'm going to end this with two stories. And Brother Steve, when I finish the first story, you can put the picture back up. First story is about this woman who had throat cancer. And for six months, she could not speak. For six months, she had to write down everything that she wanted to say to other people. And she said when those six months was over, she never talked to people the same because she found herself, because she had to slow down and write it, crumpling up paper. Because I love Steve. I can't say that to him, crumpling it up, throwing it away. I love Wanda. I can't pass her this note, crumpling it up, throwing it away. Six months. She couldn't, she couldn't say a word. She had to write it out. And in writing, it slowed her down long enough to see where she wanted to communicate to somebody. And she said she had piles and piles of crumpled up paper. The blessing of her throat cancer was that it was able to let her see the abundance of her heart. When we speak those words and we move on, sometimes we don't understand the impact. But if you could see, and if it hurts you, if you writing it, it's coming out of you, and you see it, you know it's going to tear somebody else apart. Crumple it up and throw it away. Do it mentally when you're getting ready to say something. See yourself writing it on a post-it note. Crumple it up and throw it away. It shouldn't take throat cancer for us to understand the impact of our words. Crumple it up and throw it away. Brother Steve is going to put a picture up of a little baby, and I'm going to end with this story. Can y'all see that baby? You see his face? Chuck Swindle tells this story about this man that went to seminary with him. And the man had a strawberry birthmark, took over half of his face. And when Chuck got to know the man really well, 
He asked the man, he said, I know how cruel people are. What was it like going through life with that, with your face, with that birthmark on your face like that? And you know what the man told him? The man said, when I was real young, my father told me that this mark was where an angel had kissed my face. And he kissed my face because he never wanted to lose me in a crowd. Whenever he looked in the crowd, he wanted to be able to easily identify me. So I didn't grow up thinking anything was wrong with it. I grew up feeling sorry for people who didn't have that. <laughs> right? He said, I, feel, I, grew, I, feel, I felt sorry for everybody that didn't have it. His father got it. And his father built in his son a life and a future. You know what some of us would have done if we tell the truth? We would have been going from doctor to doctor to see what kind of surgery we can have to make them normal. But his father understood that God had created his son wonderfully and fearfully. And so the daddy got it in early. You special to heaven, to all of heaven. And when they look down, wherever you are, you're never going to be lost. Given that situation, would your words have healed or would they have hurt? Same child, same birthmark, different words, different outcomes. Life and death truly are in the power of the tongue. So speak life. Speak words that heal. Why? Because words matter. And that is the word for you today.